The bike race this week has certainly been in the headlines, and this morning some of us got to watch the premier athletes fly by on Cary Street about eight minutes after nine o'clock, and at eight minutes and 30 seconds after nine o'clock, they were all down the street. (laughs) It was amazing. So this is a wonderful morning to read this stirring call to enter the race, to stay in the race, from Hebrews chapter 12. It's found on page 212 in the New Testament. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. In the 1992 Olympics, a man named Derek Redmond had the potential to win the 400-meter sprint. He had broken a world record when he was only 19 years old. He had given everything to make it to this Olympic race, and he was determined to run for all he was worth. In the qualifying race, the gun fired, and Eric himself took off like a shot. He led the whole pack at the halfway point, and then something in his leg tore His right hamstring had broken. He fell to the track, and the other runners ran around him and passed him. The medical team rushed out with the stretcher, and Derek's father, who was way at the top of the stands in this Olympic stadium, began running down the stairs like a crazy person. Derek refused the stretcher. He got up and he began to hobble around the track toward the finish line with tears of pain and frustration freely flowing down his face. His father jumped the wall at the bottom of the stairs, dodged two security guards as he shouted, That's my son, and his father ran onto the track. He put his arm around his injured son, and they moved toward the finish line together. The entire stadium of 65,000 people rose to their feet, cheering them on. When he got near the finish line, his dad let him go, and Derek crossed on his own. He had finished his race. I don't remember many Olympic track events, but I remember that one. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews is writing to the second generation of Christians, of believers living in Rome. And the whole letter is a call to endurance, to hang in there, to faithfulness, a call to perseverance in the face of trouble and in the face of the long road ahead. In this letter, you remember, we have that wonderful list of all those faithful people who have gone before us, 
He says, remember Abraham and Sarah, remember Moses and Rahab and Gideon, remember Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David and Samuel. The writer calls up the history of the faithful down through the generations to inspire his readers to continue. Who would you add to that list of the faithful Who along your journey have you seen who refused to give up in the face of war or as a prisoner of war, in times of terrible illness, physical or mental illness, maybe during a great depression or in times of sudden loss, or perhaps someone overcoming addiction? Who along the road of faith have you seen who refused to give up on God and who kept to the way of Jesus no matter how steep the road or how tall the obstacle? I want you to picture one of those people in your mind's eye now in the silence. I want you to think of who has inspired you along the way. Maybe write the name on your bulletin to take home with you. For the author asks us to remember them. And then the writer says, it is our turn to join this line of people who have trusted God and have followed Jesus in good times and bad Having given the Hall of Fame list of faithful people in chapter 11, chapter 12 starts with this athletic image. Surrounded by the stands full of witnesses, the great cloud of witness, who are cheering us on, he says, let us lay aside anything that slows us down. Let's run the race that is before us, looking to Jesus not losing sight of Jesus. I went down yesterday to watch the race. It was the junior men's race, and there is this great pack of riders, and then there's a group that surges ahead, five, six, seven riders, and the whole goal of the big group is to not lose sight of the leaders. As long as the leaders are within sight, They pedal like crazy. Look to Jesus, not losing sight of the one who got you started and the one who will see you through. You know the joke that goes, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Well, I am not a runner, but I've read about it. I always picture running as a fairly solitary experience, and most track events tend to be individuals trying to outrun each other. But some years ago, I read about the marathon in the city where I lived, and the reporter did not focus on the really prime athletes at the front of the 26-mile race. The reporter went to the other end And there he found an odd assortment of athletes, all of whom had something wrong with them. 
There were cancer survivors missing hair. There were people in wheelchairs. There were people with leg braces or artificial limbs. There were even a few blind runners. And the reporter marveled at the way this crew encouraged each other as they ran, wheeled, stumbled, struggled forward. The runners helped each other with lots of words of you can do it and keep on going. If someone fell, several would stop and help the person up. Sometimes they even ran leaning on someone else. They ran the race together. And because of that, many, many more finished the race. When the author of the letter to the Hebrews says, you run this race, he means you all, all of you folk, all together run this race. We are not out here on our own. Like the children's story this morning, there are times when we have been carried by others into the presence of Jesus. And there are times when we have done the carrying We are all in this together to help each other finish the race. When we come into this sanctuary, we enter with a group of runners who all have their impediments. We all have things that get in the way of the goal line. Some of our hurdles are interior There is the sin that tempts us toward the wrong path that wants to waste our energy on something that is worthless. There is the fear that keeps us from putting on our shoes that wants us to hide and not show up. There is the anxiety that makes it so hard to trust that God is near. We all have internal hurdles. And we have external ones as well. We live in a culture that does not persecute the faith, but mostly laughs at it. If there is a Christian character in a TV sitcom, the character is a joke. The faith is something rigid or archaic. Racism and bigotry to continue to harm the relationships in our community Many, many people are in love with money and the stuff it buys. We live in a time when personal entertainment can be lauded as a life goal. There are external hurdles to our moving forward together. But when we enter this place, this spiritual training ground, We are surrounded by witnesses to the love of God. We are surrounded by those who encourage us to keep on going. What is clear is that nobody does this on his or her own. We run the race together. I've been a pastor 40 years now and... I've seen a lot of hurdles, I've seen some glorious days, and I have seen some very dark days. In my 40 years, I have been treated twice for medium-grade depression. Marcia and I had one child who almost died after emergency surgery. We had another who suffered 
with anorexia for years. I was the brand new pastor of this congregation on a September 11, 2001. The Presbyterian women were having their luncheon that morning when the towers fell down, were attacked. I've conducted funerals of people I loved. One Sunday morning, I was so overcome with grief that I broke down during the pastoral prayer, and another person had to come up and lead the prayer while I sat and wept. But what has kept me going is the communion of the saints, the fellowship of believers. Any number of times when I didn't think I had the strength to show up, I showed up because I knew some other folk were coming. And they were going to help me in my race. For we run this race together. And when you are having a really difficult time, there's some other folk in the room who are doing okay and who are there ready to be leaned on, knowing that the tables will change at some point. And we will all need to find an arm to lean on as we look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The last couple of years together, we've been working on something called Transform FPC, house meetings and group meetings to set some goals for the next few years. And what I notice about those goals is two things. One, many of them have to do with finding new ways for us to get connected to each other at a roundtable supper, at an in-depth Bible study, in small groups, or through the Caring Friends team designed specifically to respond to emergencies in the congregation. The second thing I notice is a, a growing desire to tell folk who aren't in this room about the love of God and the welcome of Christ to help perhaps start another worshiping community somewhere else in Richmond to be a part of continuing in the next generation to share good news. The best years in the life of this congregation are ahead, and the gospel is that we are in this together. In all of this, we look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who leads the way, who cheers us on. I love that phrase, pioneer and perfecter, even though my spell check constantly says perfecter is wrong. There's no such word as perfecter. The one who got us started is the one who will see us through. The one who called us, saved us, loved us, gave us to each other as sisters and brothers, that is the one who is going to perfect all this, including us. When we run the race together, that together includes this Jesus. He is the one who has come out of the heavenly stands all the way down, has jumped the wall, has come onto the track where we are hobbling along. He is the one who puts his arm around us and helps us move forward. He puts his arm around this whole congregation and says, Come with me. You can do it. I'm not a runner. 
but I'm really excited about the next part of our race together because there is a great crowd cheering us on. The very balcony of heaven is lined with those who've gone before us. They know we can do it. The best years of the ministry of First Presbyterian Church are in front of us, so let us together run toward the goal as God's faithful people and never give up, never give up, never give up. Thanks be to God.